It's time, D-Heads. Disney Blue presents Disney On Demand. Every week, Disney Blue lets you relive the magic, the movies, and the memories with celebrity guests, the best of classic Disney, and breaking news on Disney's latest. So put on your ears and give it a little bibbidi-bobbidi-boo. Disney Blue's Disney On Demand is on the air. Now, here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. All right, all you D-heads, you decided to stop back once again, and I thank you for another magical installment of Disney Blues, Disney On Demand. And this week for show number 55, for the week of November 21st, 2013, we're going to invite you to be our guest and pursue that ever-popular Princess Belle, because we have none other than Gaston's sidekick, LeFleu, stopping in here at the show. That's right, we have Jesse Cordy, the voice of LeFleu from Beauty and the Beast, stopping in here at the show. Now, Jesse is going to stop in and talk about his outstanding voice career in being part of this historic Disney classic Beauty and the Beast as well as his upcoming projects currently what he's working on and his voice work in the current Disney film kicking off next week Frozen and Jesse's going to stop in and talk about all of this later on in the show in addition we have the D team back that's right we have Aaron back you have questions he has answers and he's going to give you all those answers and I want to know we have Lexi back our D team member from Down Under as she's going to take that walk down the Hollywood Walk of Fame and give you a little bit more about our very special guest here this week, Jesse Cordy. And let's introduce a new D-Team member in Ken, as Ken is going to stop in and introduce you to Vintage Disney Classics. Now, there's a great amount of Disney Classics out there. We love to share them here on the show. Well, Ken is going to be stopping in from Walt's Vault, and he's going to be giving you a little bit more about these Disney Classics, and this week, introducing you to one of those icons in Disney Legacy that you may have forgotten about. We have all kinds of news hot off the D-Wire, from parks, TV shows, music, movies, and more, including the sad recent passing of Walt Disney's daughter, Diane Disney. We have all kinds of fun lined up, all kinds of magic, memories, and more, so let's officially kick off show number 55, November 21st, 2013, by hanging out in Gaston's Tavern. Be right back, all you D-heads. Who does she think she is? That girl has tangled with the wrong man. No one says no to Gaston. <laughs> Done right. Dismissed, rejected, publicly humiliated. Why, it's more than I can bear. More beer? What for? Nothing helps. I'm disgraced. Who, you? Never. Gaston, you've got to pull yourself together. Gosh, it disturbs me to see you, Gaston, looking so down in the dumps. Every guy here'd love to be you, Gaston, even when taking your lumps. There's no man in town as admired as you. You're everyone's favorite guy. Everyone's awed and inspired by you. And it's not very hard to see why. No one's slick as Gaston. No one's quick as Gaston. No one's next as incredibly thick as Gaston. For there's no man in town half as manly. Perfect up your paragon. You can ask any Tom, Dick, or Stanley, and they'll tell you whose team they prefer to be on. No one's been like 
inch of me's covered with hair. No one hits like Gaston. Matches wits like Gaston. In a spitting match, nobody spits like Gaston. I'm especially good at expectorating. Tui! Ten points for Gaston! When I was a lad, I ate four dozen eggs every morning to help me get large. And now that I'm grown, I eat five dozen eggs, so I'm roughly the size of a barge. No one like Gaston, makes those boots like Gaston. Then goes tromping around wearing boots like Gaston. I use antlers in all of my decorating. Say it again. Who's a man among men? And let's say it once more. Who's a hero next door? Who's a super success? Don't you know? Can't you guess? Ask his friends and his wife. Envelope to Davis and Kirk. Write down that. It's the story of Beauty and the Beast. Of Belle's bravery, her love for the Beast, and a race against time. And it's all in a handheld game. You can help Belle find her father, make friends with enchanted objects, and get past Gaston. If you can help Belle kiss the Beast before the last rose petal falls, he'll turn back into a prince. And you win. Disney's Beauty and the Beast, an electronic game new from Tiger, batteries not included. Hey D-Heads, you're listening to Disney On Demand, a new kind of Disney show. The silent screams, the wooden shouts, you know the beat of boys is breaking now. Yeah. We're gonna steal some blue suede shoes, and sing the boogie blues. You keep the bang.
I'm Robbie Benson, the author of I'm Not Dead Yet and also The Beast. And you're listening to Disney On Demand. It's Disney Blues, Disney On Demand. You hear that? It's the winds of change. Here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. All right, all of you D-heads, I hope you enjoyed the kickoff for show number 55 for the week of November 21st, 2013. And we have all kinds of fun lined up as we have LaFou, yes, from Beauty and the Beast, Jesse Cordy, stopping in here very shortly here at the show. In addition to the D-team, yes, we have Aaron back with I Want to Know. We also have Lexi, our D-team member from Down Under, as she's going to explore more from the Hollywood Walk. We have Paige with the Magical Music Review, as well as an all-new D-team member, Ken with Walt's Vault and a lot of other goodies. There's lots of things going on here this week, and if it sounds like I'm a little congested, I am. Yes, part of being in the Midwest is the cold weather, and yes, those snows before Thanksgiving. So I am battling a cold here this week, all of you D-heads, so if I sound a little bit different, I'm going to push through it, and we're going to get through it. So before I jump off for show number 55 with all the things happening in the news here this week, I do want to mention all the different ways you can stay connected here at Disney On Demand. And first and foremost, you can always visit our our official website at DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio.com. There you can find our full list of past shows, our complete podcast archives, latest news blogs, connect up with the D-Team, and more right there at DizRadio.com, including our Lifetime of Disney Player, where you can listen to over 300-plus television shows, movies, TV specials, and more right there on the homepage, all at DizRadio.com. You can also connect up with us all over the social media outlets on Facebook at Facebook.com slash on demand you can friend us on facebook at facebook.com slash disney blue and that's blu you can follow us on twitter aol insta messenger instagram pinterest and more just search disney blue and that's blu and definitely check us out in itunes subscribe right there on itunes and stitcher radio just search Diz radio so stay connected with all of us here at the show so all of you d heads with that said let's jump right into news here this week and of course we're going to start off on a sad note as everybody is well aware as walt disney's daughter diane disney miller has passed away this last week that's right diane disney miller philanthropist and daughter of the iconic walt disney has passed away this last week in California. She was 79 years old. Diane Disney Miller has passed away this past week in Napa as she was trying to recover from injuries that she had gotten from a fall previously in the last couple of months. Now, the Walt Disney Company chief executive, Bob Iger, has said that the entertainment group founded by the brothers, Walt and Roy Disney, in 1923, was deeply saddened by the loss. As he put it, As our beloved daughter of Walt Disney and one of his inspirations for creating Disneyland, she holds a special place in the history of the Walt Disney Company, and our hearts and fans everywhere are going to miss her. Now, Diane Disney Miller was born in 1933 and married professional football player Ron Miller in 1954. Ron, as many of you know, Disney fans, he went on to serve as the company's president in 1978 and chief executive in a few years after that. Now, Ron Miller did leave the company in 1984 and paved the way for a new team of Michael Eisner and Jerry Katzenberg, as well as Frank Wells, who all helped transform the company into what we know today. Now, the couple had been residing in a vineyard in Napa Valley since 1976 and operated a collection of vineyards under the name Silverado Vineyards. 
She was also very instrumental in the construction of the Walt, the Walt Disney Concert Hall, a musical venue designed by architect Frank Gehry in downtown Los Angeles to help carry on her father's legacy. She was also inspirational and an integral part in the Walt Disney Family Museum in San Francisco, where it helps pave the way and keep that legacy of Walt Disney alive. I will say that she is definitely going to be missed, and we must bow our heads in a moment of silence for Diane Disney Miller. Now pushing right along in Disney news, all of you D-Huds, let's get back into something a little more happy as it is up to us fans now to carry on Walt Disney's legacy. Let's get to something new, and how about Star Wars? Yes, everybody is excited for Star Wars Rebels that is coming out in 2014. Now, the series is going to debut fall of 2014 on the Disney Channel and Disney XD. Now, Lucasfilm has revealed an official teaser trailer that we talked about a few weeks ago, but now there's the all-new test poster that is there. That's right, it has Enlist, the Empire is the future. Now you can check this right now online in a variety of different places including 411mania.com. There's a lot of great things but the all new teaser poster is right around the corner so Disney Rebels is coming up very very soon. Now since we are talking about the Disney Channel let's talk about Sophia the First. Now we did mention this previously here on the show about how Little Mermaid is the next in line for the Disney princesses to meet Sophia. That's right Sophia the First the floating palace is going to be coming to the Disney Channel. Now it is going to premiere as a special Sophia the First the floating palace and it's going to debut this Sunday November 24th at 7 p.m. Eastern Pacific Time on Disney Channel and Thursday November 20th. 28th at 7 p.m. Now this is all new that is coming as well as in the flurry of princesses that have visited Sophia as she helps her way as Disney's youngest and littlest princess. Now Sophia, the latest princess to join the Disney royalty through the Disney Channel series, Sophia the First, has always made it able to turn to other members from the royal court to help her in her guides. And now Little Mermaid's Ariel is going to help when a vacation goes bad. And Jody Benson, the original voice of Ariel, is going to be reprising her role as the Little Mermaid. That's right, she originally gave the voice to Ariel in the 1989 feature film The Little Mermaid, and now she's going to speak and sing again as curiosity is going to be as big as life and sea in Sophia the First. Now this is just the latest in the Sophia the First run of Meeting the Princesses, and I'm glad to see that Jodie Benson is going to be reprising that role as well. So there's going to be a lot of great things coming from this. And if you want to find out more about this, you can go to DisneyJr.com slash Sophia. And you can find out more about Sophia the First Mermaid Princess, which has an all-new game as well on the website that helps Sophia rescue Ona from the clutches of a sea monster. There's a lot of great things in there, and it is coming to the Disney Channel this Sunday. Now, pushing right along in the news, let's step aside from the Disney Channel. And how about getting into the theme parks? And how about theme parks overseas? and Mystic Manor. Now those of you D-heads out there that aren't familiar, Mystic Manor is Hong Kong Disneyland's version of the Haunted Mansion. Well, now Hong Kong Disneyland's newly opened attraction that has gone over refurbishment has gotten an Oscar-like award. That's right, it received the 20th The Award, and I hope I'm pronouncing that right, for Outstanding Achievement Attraction for its excellence in original storyline, special effects, audio animatronics technology, musical score by Danny Elfman, and the trackless wire-guided ride vehicles. Now, the Thea is a widely regarded as the Oscars of the theme park industry and is handed out by the Florida-based Theme Entertainment Association. Now, Walt Disney Parks and Resorts received three awards for Disneyland Park in California, Magic Kingdom, and Walt Disney World in Florida, and Hong Kong Disneyland. Now, this is just the latest in a flurry of awards that Disney continues to get, and now Mystic Manor has gotten 
the infamous Thea Award. Congratulations to Disney on that and, and all the different things, technical and entertainment-wise, that made this happen. Now, in sticking with theme parks, let's talk about IAPA. Now, IAPA is a great thing, which is the International Association of Amusement Parks and Attractions, and this last week it had its annual show down in Florida, where you could visit a variety of different things. Well, Disney World and the Holy Land Experience landed multiple brass ring awards, which were announced at IAPA this last week at the Orange County Convention Center this last Wednesday. Now, Magic Kingdom's Be Our Guest Restaurant nabbed the Best Innovation for Food and Beverage Award. Now, Disney theme park merchandise scored in the retail category for its Princess Magic Mirror, which won the Judge's Choice Award. Now, the company was also rewarded for its hard good and visual display retail categories. Now, Disneyland's The Royal Theater Presents Tangled won Best Overall Production for $700,000 to $1 million. Now, also on top of this, including Disney, is Orlando's Holy Land Experience, which won two awards in Live Entertainment Division. It was recognized with the organization's Heartbeat Award for its passion presentation, and IAPA says the prize is for a show that demonstrates superior overall ability in reaching to the hearts of its audience. Now, continuing on with Disney news, we've covered the Disney Channel and the parks. Let's get into the movies and all those different ways that we see the Disney trailers and commercials that we know and love. Well, maybe people didn't go see The Lone Ranger because of the advertising. That's what they might be saying. Adweek first reported that the Walt Disney Company has now fired its current ad buyer and hired an all-new agency, OMD, for its media planning for the studio division. That's right, the Disney ad account represents over $8 million a year in spending, according to the Los Angeles Times. Now, OMD handles accounts for several large companies, including Pepsi, Nissan, Wells Fargo, and Visa. Now, of course, one company's win is another company's loss. Publicist Group's 4D is the outgoing ad agency currently that Disney has now fired. Now, the studio hired 4D back in 2011 after it sought bids when it moved from the Starcom of Chicago. Now, under 4D, the studio saw several hits with Iron Man 3, which brought in $4 million domestically, and Thor The Dark World, which grossed over $145 in the United States and is still in theaters currently. However, the studio also suffered one of the biggest bombs to date this last year with The Lone Ranger, costing the studio over more than $150 million. Now, studios are quick to blame their marketing these days rather than their films. Now, Sony recently underwent a shakeup in its marketing department, as did Fox and Relativity Media. Now, since opening weekends have become so important to films' bottom lines, it's important to keep marketing at the forefront. Now, Carrot will remain the ad agency that will handle ad buys for Disney theme parks, though, however. But OMD is going to be handling the studio division with over $200 million a year in spending just for the theme park account alone. Now, since we're talking about marketing and agencies and all that kind of fun stuff, how about makeup? And everybody loves makeup. And Anna Sui launching Disney Minnie Mouse makeup kits. That's right. Fashion designer Anna Sui has collaborated with Disney to create the one-of-a-kind cosmetics collection. Now, this assortment debuted this last month, just in time for the holiday season. Now, you can go through a variety of different images and other items that you can find on Anna Sui's site. Now, Anna Sui's special line of cosmetics will be available for purchase online, launching exclusively at ASOS as part of AW3's 13s segment. The limited edition line is complete with the signature makeup sets, fragrance, and Disney Minnie Mouse collaboration. Now you can expect earthy eyeshadows, berry red lips, and all kinds of skincare products that are going to be infused with natural rose extracts. Now the signature and fragrance collections are said to capture your love for all things playful and embody the kitsch appeal of Anna Sui, as well as loving Minnie Mouse. Now the one night only Minnie Mouse collaboration fuses Anna Sui's aesthetic with contemporary style 
and traditional influences. There's a lot of great things that are to this if you are a, a little girl or even adult. And now you can get this as part of the Anasui collection with your makeup kits with Minnie Mouse. Now it seems like Disney has been on a fury of getting awards lately with IAPA and of course Mystic Manor. Well, how about even more in Disney Chairman and CEO Bob Iger receiving the 2013 John Wooden Global Leadership Award. That's right, UCLA Anderson School of Management honored the Walt Disney Company Chairman and CEO Bob Iger this last week with the 2013 John Wooden Global Leadership Award at a gala celebration on November 21st at the Beverly Hilton Hotel. Now the annual award recognizes an exceptional leader for his or her leadership style and service to the community. The John Wooden Global Leadership Award carries the namesake of UCLA's legendary basketball coach, John Wooden, who is a renowned author and expert on leadership. Now, Iger was selected as this year's winner for his success in shaping Disney as an industry leader in offering creative content across new platforms and expanding the company's presence in several emerging markets. Under his direction, the company has been recognized as one of America's most admired companies by Fortune magazine and one of the world's most respected companies by Barron's, as well as best places to launch a career by Bloomsburg Businessweek. Now, focusing on creativity, innovation, technology, and global growth, Iger has led the Disney company to a record performance and shareholders' points this last year. He has also built the company's richest legacy of unforgettable storytelling with successful acquisitions of Pixar in 2006, Marvel in 2009, and Lucasfilm with the Star Wars franchise in 2012. As Iger has put it, one person can't run a company as big as ours. It's the team of people and the value of the people that help the company succeed. Congratulations to Iger on that and just getting another award. So all of you D-heads, with that said, I'm going to take a break here. I will be back. We have more news hot off the D-wire here this week. And like I said, I'm going to have to get a cough drop or something here. I am uh, still under the weather. But we are gearing up because we have LeFou coming in. Yes, from Beauty and the Beast, Jesse Cordy. You may also recognize him as Phineas from the latest internet sensation short, followed from the mansion, as well as many other things, including NFL Rush. So there's a lot of great things going on here, and Jesse Cordy's going to be stopping in very shortly. So with that said, before I let you go to the D-team, as we have Aaron dipping his hand into the virtual mailbag with I Want to Know, as well as our newest D-team member, Ken, as he's going to take a trip into memory lane with an icon within Disney history and many other goodies, I do want to mention that DizRadio.com is officially sponsored by Pixie Vacations. Now, the agents at Pixie Vacations can help you plan your Walt Disney World, Disneyland, Vacation by Disney, and more, and help you plan that most magical of all your Disney vacations and make it the best for your value, for your family, and the most magical for your memories. Definitely contact the agents at Pixie Vacations because they are knowledgeable and willing to help you on any question, any moment, and helping you book that memorable vacation. Check them out at PixieVacations.com, the official sponsor of Diz Radio. So all of you D-heads, with that said, I'm going to drink some OJ here, get some vitamin C here this week, take some cough drops, and when I come back, I have more news hot off the D-wire. Take it away, team. Oh, in pain, in 
1991, a magnificent new motion picture premiered and enchanted the world. This spectacular model of storytelling combined the art of animation and a magical music score into an unprecedented achievement that won the hearts and minds of audiences along with dozens of awards, including the coveted Oscar. But behind this story is another fascinating story. It originates where storytelling began and involves an engaging cast of characters, both ancient and contemporary, fictional and utterly human. It combines beautiful artwork, majestic words and music, and groundbreaking technology to tell a story as old as storytelling and yet still a vital part of today. The story of Beauty and the Beast is an ancient one. It truly is a tale as old as time, with roots in legends from Greece, India, Africa, France, and Italy. After the success of Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs in 1937, Walt Disney was looking for stories to develop into feature-length films. One of these stories was Beauty and the Beast. But Beauty and the Beast proved a challenge to Disney's story team. So, although some work was attempted on the famous story in the 1930s and again in the 1950s, Walt returned Beauty and the Beast to the shelf where it waited for rediscovery. In the late 1980s, Walt's nephew, Roy E. Disney, now executive vice president of the Walt Disney Company, had focused his attention on reinventing Disney animation for a new generation. The Little Mermaid had proved that Disney animation could be both true to its legacy of quality and communicate to contemporary audiences. What would the next step be? One of the ideas that kept coming back was Beauty and the Beast. Jonathan here from Disney On Demand, 
And I just want to stop in to give you a little bit more about something that I've really enjoyed reading this past week, and it's WDW Magazine. Yes, the best of Walt Disney World. Now, this is a magazine that is an e-publication, something I love. As all of us are living on our tablets, our iPads, and more, I, for one, am always sitting on my iPad. I take it with me, I do research, I do reading, and I have all kinds of fun on my iPad. And the best of Walt Disney World is WDW Magazine. I've been enjoying the last two issues, and they have a lot of great things from featured stories where each month they take an in-depth look at a current topic. They also have the First Timers Corner for all of you first timers at Walt Disney World where they can tell you what visitors are going to need to know about your first time to this fantastic park. There's also the Best of Walt Disney World with a featured hotel, restaurant, and attractions chosen by their readers of WDW Magazine. Now there's a variety of different things that they have in this publication and I just want to say that I for one think it is fantastic. I only endorse things that I know that I truly love here at the show and you rarely hear me endorse many things things but i do love wdw magazine it is fantastic and coming up for issue three if you are looking for that perfect christmas gift now is the time to give that gift of a subscription to that loved one that family member or that disney fan in your life heck even give it to yourself because they have their upcoming christmas issue right around the corner there's also some great new things coming from this publication and might i add because it is an e-publication it's not just reading one of the features that i do love about wdw magazine is the fact that you can watch videos in every article. Nothing beats that. You can read it, you can watch the video, all right there in the publication. So definitely check it out at wdwmag.com. And I gotta say, D-heads out there, this is definitely one you want to add to your Christmas list. You truly will love the articles. Definitely check it out. The best in Walt Disney World with interactive articles and more as an e-publication. Just check it out at wdwmag.com. I don't usually leave the asylum in the middle of the night, but he said you'd make it worth my while. Ah, I'm listening. It's like this. I've got my heart set on marrying Belle, but she needs a little persuasion. <laughs> Turned him down flat. <laughs> Everyone knows her father's a lunatic. He was in here tonight raving about a beast in a castle. Maurice is harmless. The point is, Belle would do anything to keep him from being locked up. <laughs> yeah, even marry him. So you want me to throw her father into the asylum unless she agrees to marry you? Oh, that is despicable. <laughs> I love it. Belle? Maurice? Oh, well. <laughs> Guess it's not gonna work after all. They have to come back sometime, and when they do, we'll be ready for them. LeFou, don't move from that spot until Belle and her father come home. Hey, D-heads, you're listening to Disney On Demand, a new kind of Disney show, only on DizRadio.com, D-I-Z-Radio.com. A mouse the thought occurred to me A mouse the good thought certainly A deep Hey D-Heads, this is Ken from waltzmusic.com talking Disney music history. Today I'm going to reintroduce you to the music of Jimmy Dodd. 
Jimmy was head mouseketeer of the Mickey Mouse Club from 1955 to 1959. His songs influenced a whole generation of kids to be good children, good students, good citizens, and good friends. Now let's listen to some of his good thoughts. Attitude of cleanliness will help you your life through. Just check the list of cleanliness and see just where it leads. You brush your teeth, you clean your room, these add up to good deeds. A mouse to thought and easy to as you go on your way. That cleanliness walks hand in hand with godliness each day. Jimmy was a Christian man who infused many of his songs with biblical messages. Some of his songs were, Thou shalt love one another, do what the good book says, and this one here, which is, Be a Good Samaritan. Everywhere you go, helpful folks are happy folks, the Bible tells us so. Be a good Samaritan in everything you do, then you'll find when you need help, that help will come to you. Doesn't Jimmy have a unique singing voice? I love to listen to it. And he's always positive, always encouraging. Kind of reminds me of Mr. Rogers, a Disney Mr. Rogers. We'll all look your way if you're happy. Life's a great adventure if you'll only venture. If you'll meet the early day with a happy heart Like the moon shining bright on a sweet summer night You'll do everything right if you're happy Wherever you go, the whole world will know You're wearing a glow if you're happy Just a few years after the Mickey Mouse Club, Jimmy passed away from cancer at the young age of 54. But he's left us a legacy of wonderful, uplifting songs. I think most of you would remember him for this next song that he wrote, the famous and enduring theme for the Mickey Mouse Club, which began and ended each show. Thanks, Jimmy. Now, Mouseketeers, Here's one thing we want you always to remember. Come along and sing our song and join our
Disney Blues. Disney on demand. Ooh, I thought you were dead. With your host, Jonathan Johnson. What? My dad gave it to me. It shows exactly where we are on the planet. Boop, beep, 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 boop, boop. Was this baby? We'll never be alone. You just tell the man you want to go back to your mother. All right, all of you D-heads, so I'm back once again. I hope you're enjoying this week's show. We have all kinds of fun as we have Jesse Cordy stopping in here very shortly. And welcome our newest D-team member, Ken, once again, for stopping in from Walt's Vault. He has a lot of great things here where he has some fantastic classics that you may have forgotten about. And thank you for reminding us just how great Jimmy Dodd actually was. Welcome aboard to the D-team, Ken. And uh, we're looking forward to hearing more from you here on the show. So all of you D-heads, with that said, there is more news hot off the D-wire. We have tons of news here this week, so I'm going to continue right on as we're going to push on forward, but before I do that, I do want to mention we are looking for bloggers. If you love to write, you love to review movies, if you love to just talk about Disney, whether that's theme parks, movies, voice actors, you name it, we want you to join up with the D-Team. So if you are interested in connecting up with the D-Team or even a segment here on the show, if it is something that you think is missing, definitely contact us and email us disradio at gmail.com That's D-I-Z radio at gmail.com. So pushing right along in news, how about Disney always developing new and great things? And how about Walt Disney scientists developing new techniques for realism and animation? Yes, thanks to the efforts of the team at Disney Research Zurich, you'll be able to see Disney characters in a more realistic light. Literally. Animation studios have put tremendous amounts of effort into rendering elements like fog, mist, and making them realistic. Now, the effects of these have made many films just go above and beyond. They make them realistic, they make them fun. But Disney researchers have developed an all-new algorithm that can improve the quality of rendering participating media while reducing the amount of time it requires. It's called Joint Importance Sampling. Now, I know I might be talking over your head, some of you D-heads, but this is great technology. Now, this is a new method that effectively calculates which parts of light are more likely to affect what camera displays, creating a more realistic viewing experience. As they've been quoted, our technique could be used to simulate anything from cloudscapes to everyday solid objects, such as a glass of orange juice, a piece of fruit, or virtually any organic substance according to Disney research scientists. Now in the real world there's a lot of great things that you know you got to capture the lights you got to make it just right. That's what makes it believable. Look at the way Toy Story 1 started and look at the way Pixar is now. Now this is all new on the horizon. I mean this is just fantastic. I'm not going to get too crazy into the details of it, but let's just say they've used many of these approaches even in Disney's newest Tangled, and we're going to be able to even see more in the upcoming Frozen. Now, pushing right along, one thing we haven't talked about here this week is Broadway, and with Jesse Cordy, our guest here this week, stopping in very shortly, who is a Broadway veteran, how about Disney looking beyond many different things in the Magic Kingdom for Broadway prospects? That's right, it has been announced recently that Disney is looking for the newest Broadway prospects. I mean, everybody knows their hits from Aladdin, The Little Mermaid, The Lion King, Beauty and the Beast, Mary Poppins, but there are even more that are on 
the horizon that Disney is looking for. But how about Disney looking for The Princess Bride? You heard me correct. I love The Princess Bride. It is a fantastic film. But now they're looking above and beyond all different ways. Now, The Princess Bride, and also they're looking for a play adaption of Shakespeare in Love. Disney is looking for Princess Bride for a legit creative team to take the reins of the 20th Century Fox film as well for Shakespeare in Love. Now, they are working on all kinds of music to bring these nuggets to life, as well as, here's another one, Father of the Bride, yes, based on the novel and the 1950 MGM film, as well as the remake of the film in 1991 with Steve Martin. Now, past projects are all over the board. There's great ones that have been dropped, including Hoops, which is a Harlem Globetrotters film, as well as many others. But Disney is looking above and beyond just the Disney team for these films. So in the upcoming months, I don't have too much information. We can look for Father of the Bride, The Princess Bride, as well as Shakespeare in Love, possibly to be hitting Broadway. So all of you D-heads, with that said, you know what? I'm going to leave the rest of this news off to the side. I'm a little under the weather, but you know, we have all kinds of fun. We have more from the D-team. We have Paige, who's going to stop in with a magical music review very soon, as well as Lexi, our D-team member from Down Under, who's going to give you more about our very special guest here this week, Jesse Cordy. We have a lot of great things on the horizon, but I do want to mention all of you D-heads, definitely go find us in iTunes, check us out, DizRadio.com, and leave us a review, leave us some positive feedback if you love the show, definitely check us out and leave a review. You can also listen to us on Stitcher, spread the word if you love the show, tell all of your friends about our new kind of Disney show, and remember, if you are interested in coming up as part of the D-team, shoot us that email as well. So with that said, all of you D-heads, I'm going to just take a break here really fast because, like I said, I am a little under the weather. The Midwest, it's 30 degrees, it's freezing here. I'm pretty darn cold, so uh, I'm going to get some more OJ, get some vitamin C in my system because when I come back, I'm going to be talking with the one and only Jesse Cordy LeFou from Beauty and the Beast. Be right back, all of you D-heads, and take it away, Lexi. Disney Pictures presents its all-new 30th full-length animated motion picture. Is anyone here? Mama, there's a girl in the castle. Good. A girl. The classic story of Beauty and the Beast. He was a lonely beast, cursed by a mysterious spell. And she was the beautiful young girl who could set him and his kingdom free. She's the one. She has come to break the spell. They were two complete opposites. I don't want to have anything to do with him. She is being so difficult. 
until something wonderful happened. There's something sweet. Straighten up. And almost kind. Show me the smile. But he was mean and he was coarse and unrefined. And now he's dear. You look so... And so Stupid. I wonder why I didn't see it there before. It's a story filled with fun. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I beg your pardon. Adventure. Sacre bleu. Invaders. <laughs> And dozens of wonderful new Disney characters. Keep it down. Featuring six new songs from the Academy Award-winning composer and lyricist of The Little Mermaid. This holiday season, share the fun, the magic, and the music of an entertainment event you'll never forget. Disney's Beauty and the Beast. You're listening to Disney On Demand. This is Corey Burton saying, please keep your hands, arms, feet, and legs inside the headphones at all times. Thank you. Places, everybody. This is a tape. What is that? Let's start those projectors and look at this week's Hollywood Walk. Hey, D-Heads. I hope everyone is having fun getting ready for Thanksgiving. That is yet another one of those fabulous American holidays that we just don't get down here in Australia. But nonetheless, I think it is wonderful. Now, we all do have a lot to be thankful for this season, and that includes having the opportunity to have such friendly and talented guests with us at Diz Radio. And this week is no different. We all adore Beauty and the Beast, I know that for sure, and I have to be honest, it is one of my two most treasured Disney animated feature films. <laughs> well, this week we are in for a real treat. Beauty and the Beast voice actor is right here with us. The incredibly gifted voice actor, Jesse Corti, is this week's special guest. In the film, Jesse is the voice of LeFou. Gaston's silly but good-hearted sidekick. More on that later. But first, here is some background information on this week's special guest. So, Jesse is originally from Venezuela, but was raised in New York City. More specifically, in Patterson, New Jersey. Talk about an exciting move for a child. And in 1973, Jesse graduated from Eastside High School, and it was after college that he began acting and singing. First, he was in a rock group, and after that, he played Judas in a national tour of Jesus Christ Superstar in the 1980s. So, it is clear that this week's special guest is a major onstage talent as well. Jesse was even on Broadway in Les Mis. Wow. For us D-heads, Jesse also voices a few characters in The Little Mermaid. 
the other Disney film in my top two. <laughs> also, this is exciting. Jesse lends his talents to the voice of the Spanish dignitary in Disney's latest animated feature film, Frozen. Now, I haven't seen the movie yet because it isn't released in Australia until the day after Christmas. But I can assure you that I am going to be first in line. It looks wonderful and the scenery looks breathtaking. Now, Beauty and the Beast is such a timeless classic and it is the range of memorable characters that all work so well together to make the movie what it is. Gaston would definitely not be the same without the nervous LaFou. And Jesse's voice has such life in it, and we almost feel sorry for the little guy. <laughs> Outside of Disney, this week's special guest lends his voice to a number of films, TV shows, and games. Jesse's animated feature films include Bonkers and Gargoyles, and he was also the voice of the submarine captain hero in Higglytown Heroes. <laughs> Here is something fun. This week's special guest was actually Charlie Sheen's animated character's singing voice in the film All Dogs Go to Heaven 2, and that was back in 1996. I think that's pretty awesome. <laughs> also, since Christmas isn't far off, I thought I would mention that Jesse was also a voice in The Christmas Lamb. <laughs> that's so sweet. And Jesse has also acted in live-action films, like Gone in 60 Seconds. And he even acted alongside the hilarious Steve Martin and Queen Latifah in the comedy Bringing Down the House. He has also been in action films like The Hulk. On the small screen, this week's special guest was the educational firefighter, Emilio, in the video Sesame Street home video visits the firehouse. Now that's so cool that he had the chance to put his acting skills to educational purposes. And swapping between behind the camera to in front of the camera must be so much fun. Jesse was also in the soap opera Search for Tomorrow. He played Julian. And he had a recurring role as a detective in the show Another World. This week's special guest was also in episodes of Crossing Jordan, Boy Meets World, Law and Order and The Shield. Trust me, the list could go on. Jesse has had a fabulous career so far and there are no signs of slowing down. More recently, this week's special guest appeared in popular shows like The West Wing, Judging Amy, Desperate Housewives, 24, and Heroes. As a voice actor, Jesse also plays the chief in The Batman, and he has his voice in The Wild Thornberries, The Rugrats, The Tom and Jerry Kid Show, Handy Manny, Bonkers, and much more. And get this, Jesse has also worked on commercials for McDonald's and the Nestle Quick Rabbit commercials. Talk about variety! <laughs> also, in 1990, this week's special guest received a Clio Award 
for his drug-free America commercial. And that is definitely something to be commended. Cool! Jazzy can also be heard in a range of video games, like Just Cause, Lost Odyssey, Metal Gear 3, Bioshock Infinite, and Resident Evil 4. And much like with the TV shows and movie appearances, the list of video games that this week's special guest has lent his talents to can also go on and on. Disney is definitely very lucky to have Jesse as part of the family. In his personal life, Jesse is also a dad of two children who both happen to be in show business. Jesse's son is a voice actor and his daughter is an actress. I think that is so lovely that a talent for acting runs in the family. So, with such a range of voice acting work as well as live action performances, I have to say, thank you, Jesse Corti. Disney would definitely not be the same without you.
dealings with pressed envelope to Davis and Kurt. Right down that. Pizza Hut wants you to share in the magic of Walt Disney's newest video classic, Beauty and the Beast. Now your kids can collect Beast, Belle, Chip, and Cogsworth. Each puppet's $1.49 with any pizza purchase. And when you buy the video at your local video store, you get the Pizza Hut value card for great pizza value. So experience the fantasy of Beauty and the Beast now with Pizza Hut. Lights, camera, action. It's time for this week's Disney On Demand special guest. All right, all of you Disney fans, you tuned in for another magical installment of Disney Blues, Disney On Demand. And with Thanksgiving right around the corner, we figured we continue to bring you all the magic and memories from all those people from your lifetime of Disney. And with us here this week, we have somebody that is no stranger to anybody who is pretty much playing video games, watching television, paying attention to movies, and more. You may know him from Metal Gear Solid, NFL Rush Zone, currently in Disney's Frozen, as well as Beauty and the Beast as LeFleu. Welcome, Jeff. Jesse Cordy to the show. Hey, Jonathan, hello, how are you? Uh, it is our pleasure having you on. I mean, somebody with your resume, I mean, everything from television, movies, voice work. So I guess with that said, uh, I guess what got you started in this career and uh, heading down this path? Well, you know, I, I'm from New Jersey originally, and I went to William Patterson University. And there I used to do plays in the, in, you know, and I also did a big show there, Jesus Christ Superstar. And I was also in a rock band that played on weekends and, in clubs. So I was always in the front. I was always the front man. And I was always, I always sang. I sang in church. So I was always uh, kind of performing. And originally I was going to be a, I was a pre-med major to be a dentist. And that, that proved to be really hard. <laughs> uh, I got into communication because I always enjoyed radio and television and things like that. So uh, I started doing that. And my acting teacher took me into New York and uh, he said, I think you can make a living at this business. And I respected acting so much that I never thought that would be, be possible. That was way back in 1978. And uh, lo and behold, I went to my first equity call in Manhattan and I booked uh, playing Judas in the National Tour of Jesus Christ Superstar, which took me all over the country. I had graduated with a degree in philosophy and communication, but uh, I was singing, <laughs> playing <laughs> Judas. So that's how I started. That's how I started. And then after that, I started doing other shows than I did uh, in New York. I was working in New York, and a gentleman who worked with me would always leave uh, sometimes for about an hour and come back. He had special permission. I said, where do you go? And he said, oh, I do voiceovers. And I said, oh, great. I never really uh, pursued that or anything, but that's where he took me for my first uh, interview with, him, with a VO agent, a voiceover agent. That was way back when. And uh, that's how it all started for me as far as voiceovers. Very cool. You know, and that's the kind of thing, too, like you said, uh, you know, singing, being the front man, and just following this career path that now voiceover work, you know, really has done well for you. I mean, you, you're all over, whether it's video games and characters, and of course, most notably Beauty and the Beast of, as well with all the Disney fans, which we'll get to soon enough. But I guess with the voiceover work and, you know, being an actor, uh, it does take a lot of talent and a lot of work to do this. I guess, what is your favorite aspect of being a voice actor, um, you know, when you're in the studio and tackling, uh, I guess, 
everything from cartoon characters to more serious to fun. Uh, I guess, is there one that you enjoy really doing more than the other? Well, I have to tell you that I have been blessed, Jonathan, that I have been able to perform on, on the Broadway stage at the Public Theater. I've actually sung at the White House, um, at the Tonys. I've recorded with Michael Jackson. I sang at Laker Games, Dodger Games. I've been able to do a little bit of everything. I've met a lot of big, you know, uh, an opposite Kevin Costner on, on, on film. Uh, tremendous, tremendous uh, big stars. But the thing that always gets people, the thing that uh, has always, for whatever reason, uh, has been when I did Beauty and the Beast. When I first did Beauty and the Beast, that back in 1991, that was huge. And people wanted to meet the people who did voices for, you know, for Beauty and the Beast and things like that. So doing voiceovers, uh, which by the way, I think getting into voiceovers is even harder than getting into a television show or a TV series or even, it's very, there's, there's tons of, it's a very competitive field. And especially now that uh, more and more uh, studios are using stars, uh, they don't necessarily have to be well-trained in voiceovers, but they are stars, so the competition gets a little bit harder. But what I enjoy, the aspect of, of uh, you get to act, and you get to do it until it's right. And you also don't have to worry about makeup, being in the trailer, making sure you hit the, the mark, or anything like that. So... <laughs> That's what's fun about doing voiceovers. Well, you know, and doing that with the voiceovers, like you said, you don't have to, you know, you can just have fun with it and you do it till you get it right. And you mentioned Beauty and the Beast. And of course, all of our Disney fans, you know, that is a huge, huge role. I mean, uh, the only animated feature to be uh, nominated, uh, you know, for the best picture and many other things with Beauty and the Beast. I mean, it is one of those modern Disney classics that will go down in history. And your character, LaFleu, I mean, it's... uh uh, it's it's a huge character. I mean, it is the sidekick to Gaston, and at the same time, adds the comic relief. I mean, out of the whole film, you know, he really adds that uh, aspect that makes you laugh, makes you chuckle. He's the bumbling sidekick. Very Laurel and Hardy-esque. I guess uh, when you first went in for reading for that, I mean, was it pretty stuff, stiff competition to get in for that? And, you know, how did you envision the character? Did he come out exactly what you were thinking? Well, at that time, um, and, 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 and they've done this with Frozen, They've gotten people who have performed on Broadway and, and are actors and stuff. At that time, back in 91, they were looking for Broadway performers or Broadway actors who could sing and act. So I went in, I was at that time doing the Miserable, we had opened on Broadway, and they were looking for uh, places for this new film, Beating the Beast, and of course, The Little Mermaid had been out already. So a lot of people were interested in what was their next project. And I remember they showed me a picture of what the guy looked like. Now, I'm 5'8". The guy looked like he was 7 foot tall. And he was the white head cutting like he talked like this. He's a little bit doofus, you know, like this. And I saw him, and I go, gosh, that's, a, that's not me, because I'm short and stuff. But I will do whatever they want me to do. Uh, the guy who was reading with me, Richard White, another Broadway veteran, he went in and he sang, and he's like six foot five. So he's a big dude, handsome. I mean, he is the perfect best on, gorgeous guy. And when we went in back for our callbacks, he was sitting, standing next to me. And I said, listen, 
coming up and stuff. And because it was like a Broadway audition, there was at least 25 people in, in that room. And we had already gone through the process of singing, coming back and singing. And this, this, it took, it was almost like a nine month process for Beauty and the Beast. It wasn't done like in one day. So I went in there and I brought my voice up and I did this little thing, you know, bumping into him because he, I, you know, I was bumping into his like hip <laughs> and it worked great. It worked well. And, um, they made my character, you know, the video when you're, when you're recording voices for Disney and other, on other cities as well, they videotape you now. And the animators actually captured me. I had a long hair with a ponytail, so then they came with this ponytail. And I mean, and, and I was short, I was a little overweight, and they, they actually drew me, uh, <laughs> almost like that. So I still, I kept the original, uh, Lafu drawings just so I could be reminded that I had a little bit of, of input when, when, uh, when it came to that. And of course, working with Howard Ashman and Ellen Menken was, uh, was really incredible. And, uh, so I was, you know, singing with the 75 piece orchestra and so it was, it was wonderful. It really was. Well, you know, and that film, too, like you said, it, it went on to do great things with the composers, the music, um, you know, being nominated for Best Picture. And overall, this film just really has gone down in Disney history as, you know, one of the greatest. It's a great story, uh, you know, great dialogue, great characters. And uh, when it came to yours, like you said, uh, as you got in there, he's bumbling, he's goofy, he's fun. Um, you know, looking back at the film now, is there any scene uh, that is one that you're, you know, working off of that is your favorite? Because, you know, we know your character, of Flu, has a lot of... Uh, he has a lot of fans out there. Let's just say that. There's a lot of people that are great fans of yours, and we see a lot of... Uh, fan-made videos on YouTube and all kinds of fun stuff. So is there any scene that was your favorite? Well, you know, I, I, um, I, I love, he, he's, he's always so positive with, with Gaston and he's trying to, in the ballroom scene, he's always very positive with him and, uh, and telling you, oh, you can do it. You can, he's constantly encouraging him no matter what kind of, uh, how he's treated by Gaston. But I always like the part when he gets, he gets kicked out by Belle, thrown into the little pond, and I go up to him. You know, obviously he's been kicked and thrown and rejected, and I go up to him and go, so, how'd it go? Uh, and it's an obvious outlet. I always found that to be a little funny. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, it's, it's a small part, and nobody would pick that, but that's the part that I was like, so, how'd it go? Well, I guess with uh, with the uh, new Fantasyland expansion as well at Walt Disney World, uh, and it's a very Beauty and the Beast heavy, and all these years later, um, did you really, you know, everyone knows that Disney classics, they stand the test of time, and, and they last forever, whether that's the smallest classic that people, you know, may not remember as well, like The Black Cauldron, or something bigger like Beauty and the Beast. Um, did you ever think that a film like Beauty and the Beast that you were part of, all these years later, would be you know, so big and entrenched within the Disney culture and the Disney community. I mean, I know, you know, Beauty and the Beast with my daughter, uh, you know, Belle was her favorite uh, princess right from the bat. So I guess, did you think that it would be as big as it is and still as timeless as it is? Well, Jonathan, the, the thing with Beauty and the Beast, you, you never know. I was just hoping that it would come approximate to what they had done with Little Mermaid. And it, and it kind of surpassed as far as sales and, 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 and movie goers and stuff like that. Uh, so I did, the success of Beauty and the Beast took also 
were upset because out of the, now they have a special uh, Oscar for Best Animated Feature. But in that time, it was just Best Nominated Film, Best, not Animated Film, Best Film. So it, it, it threw out the possible fifth candidate to uh, a nominee to, to be nominated for the five pictures of five, you know, now we have ten. But at that time, it was only five. So only four movies had live action, and the other one was, was that. The following year, everybody, Robin Williams started doing a lot. I mean, everybody wanted to be in movies and stuff, and they created a special category for it because they said, we cannot have this happen again. So, um, uh, but did I ever think or suspect that it would be this big? No. And then they put it in the vault, and it comes out, and I remember when they put it out in the vault in 2010 or whatever, it got best uh, Blu-ray, best DVD out. Out of all the DVDs, out of all the different ones, it, it got that one. It had three different versions of it. And by the way, Beauty and the Beast, when they just re-released it recently, now it's back in the vault, I also, and I'm very proud of it, I also did the Spanish version of the Fu. I speak perfect Spanish. I'm bilingual. So, um, I remember t- uh, speaking to uh, the producers, and they said, what? You speak Spanish? You're Spanish? I go, yeah. And I did the Fu in Spanish. And when people listen to the Fu and Beauty and the Beast, I'm the only actor that I know of that has done both versions on a film of animation. Because normally they send it out to, and they just get, you know, people who speak that language and, and do it. Yeah, I mean, that's the kind of thing, too, where it, it is where, um, you know, doing both versions like that, too, now the the tone and the voice and everything matches. So it's one of those where it's staying true to the character, where if there's any true character from that film, it's going to be yours because you are that character. Correct. Correct. <laughs> well... It's stepping aside from Beauty and the Beast, I guess, uh, you know, uh, moving aside from Disney for a little bit, you know, many other things that, you know, you've been able to be part of. I mean, you have a great history of film, you know, being part of great films like Hulk, Bringing Down the House, Gone in 60 Seconds. But, of course, uh, video games as well with uh, uh, Metal Gear Solid and, of course, the NFL Rush Zone, which, you know, is really big as well. Uh, what is it being uh, part of something like that where it is uh, totally different than Disney? Uh, definitely different uh, style and technique, but at least uh, it's very fun still, and it's very energetic, and it's really entrenched into pop culture nowadays. Well, it's it's it's, it's uh, absolutely. I mean, I never thought there is no other show like Rush Zone. You have live action with cartoon, and it's about a sport, and they have the actual voices of the superstars. I mean, you have you know Peyton Manning, whatever you have, whoever is doing. Um, the stars, the quarterback, the, the, on defense, and the NFL network, all the three uh, stars of that. You have uh, Marvin, um, uh, you have all the um, uh, voices that you see uh, on the screen, if there's cartoon, if it's Tom Brady, if it's whatever, they actually voice their own. So now, of course, they they do it through a studio and they, they touch a phone much like we're doing and do it. It's a little different for them. I play a, a robot and he's one of the bad guys and I also play 
the father of one of the heroes, and he's Spanish, so I play Don Cervantes, and uh, he's Spanish. So it's very two different contrast, contrasting uh, characters. But it's really fun because you're, you're people watching the NFL Network and they're getting animation from Nicktoons and Nickelodeon who's, uh, who's putting this, uh, this product out. And it's really, it's, and it's very positive. It's very, um, it's family oriented. Um, but there's a lot of action and it's geared for, you know, I'd say between the ages of five and 12. Definitely. You know, and it is a great show. It's definitely something that's different and fun. Uh, you know, with my children as well, you know, my sons, they really enjoy it. And it's, uh, it is something that you can sit down and watch as a family. It's uh, high energy, definitely fun. And it really, uh, gets you going. I mean, usually, uh, our DVR is, is packed with all the episodes. <laughs> great. Great. Well, that's great, guys. <laughs> well, you know, uh, I guess stepping aside from the more, uh, uh, happy thoughts, let's go to something else that we really do love here as well in, uh, horror. And you're currently working on voicing the graphic novel Night of the Living Dead Origins. Um, you know, what is, uh, what does that take, I guess, in a different kind of direction? You know, are you a fan of horror? Do you love it? Um, you know, I myself, I love the contrast of, you know, something that's spooky, scary horror, and Night of the Living Dead is a true classic. Well, this is the actual original script. So it's the original script of the 1967 movie, or 68, um, depending because it came out in December, then it was January, then it ran through the 68. But um, it is the graphic novel with the animation or the illustrations um, portraying the film. Um, the sets are a little different as far as the, 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 the graphics, but it's the same period, the same, I, I mean, the period is, is updated, but it's the same script. So that's what was neat, because what was great about Night of the Living Dead was that it was, uh, well, first of all, it was one of the, one of the, one of the, one of the kind, and, um, it was really scary. And a lot of people have based their vampire or zombie movies, I should say, the zombie movies on, on that. So it's the actual, if you've never seen the original, when you see the graphic, um, animated graphic novel, um, you're going to see the actual film as it, you know, the, the, the same script. So, I mean, by the way, you, I'm, I'm a big fan of, of, of horror. Well, I mean, and I was ready to say, horror is one of those things where, you know, you either like to be spooked or, or not, and uh, covering something that is the original script, I mean, it, it has to be amazing to do this, and um, I guess, uh, like you said, you're a big fan of horror. I guess, what is your all-time favorite uh, horror film out there? Oh, well, Exorcist. <laughs> you know, I mean, when I saw it, it still, it, it has aged well. It has the time has not affected it. It still is, to me, the, the, the best, uh, you know, horror film that, that was ever made. And, uh, and everything is based on, on that for me. So. I was ready to say, I, I don't think you're alone in that. Uh, I think there's a lot of people out there who love The Exorcist. And uh, like you said, it, it, it hasn't aged at all. No, no, it, 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 it hasn't. And there's some, you know, there's some great horror films that, you know, that are now, I mean, the first saw, was a little, you know, uh, uh, brush that, uh, I was, I was also very, um, uh, rough that, that I also liked the, the original, the very first saw that I saw, uh, no pun intended. Um, <laughs> but there's, there's, uh, you know, 
very cool. Well, I guess uh, moving from Night of the Living Dead Origins, which is coming out in 2014, correct? Correct. So I guess moving away from that, and of course, what's right around the corner with Thanksgiving and the holidays, and of course, you know, other Disney movies and coming full circle back to Disney's Frozen, which is getting a lot of hype. Um, there's a lot of great talk about it. Um, you know, all, everything that we've read and seen so far just seems fantastic. Um, you know, this great retelling of this classic story. Uh, I guess, uh, how did you get involved with Frozen? And, uh, you know, what are your thoughts of this film that's going to be hitting the screens very soon? Well, um, of course, anytime Disney does anything, anytime that, you know, and John Lasseter is involved with it, it's, uh, it's always going to be wonderful and it's always going to be great. There's so much success there. I, fortun- I was fortunate enough that I was one of the people called in to, to audition. That big parts, obviously, are, well, you have film stars, you have Broadway stars that are in it, and they're incredible. The songs are beautiful. This could easily go to Broadway, the show. But, um, I was called in, and I, I, I read my part, which is the dignitary, um, who comes to the, to the, to the palace. And, uh, he said to me, uh, uh, the, the director, uh, um, Chris Buck, he said, listen, can you read this one as well? So I did. And then he said, hey, can you read this one? So I, I read like four different things. <laughs> but, the, but the dignitary was the one that I originally was in, and that's the one I obviously got. But I got a phone call from my agent, like, I don't know, three or four months later, and they said, Jesse, I have good news and good news. And I said, well, give me the good news first, man. And she said, the good news is that uh, they want you also to be one of those two bad guys that, that, that I don't want to say too much because it opens in Thanksgiving. I said, oh, great. You know, I'm going right go back in. He goes, well, that's the other good news. They're going to use what you did at the audition. They liked it so much, they're just going to put it in. So I was um, fortunate enough to have voiced... Um, um, two definite ones and one little other little voice here on the side for the film. So it's uh, it's really wonderful, and I think they also captured me because I had a goatee when I did it. They they were filming me, and the dignitary has a goatee. He's short, the same thing. So <laughs> it's it, it, it's really uh, neat to to do it. The thing with, with Frozen, when I went to see, I saw you know I saw a screening, a pre-screening of it. Uh, Different. It, it, it's very different from all the other movies and the, your, your, um, your cliche, um, prince and, and, and princess movie. And it's done very well. So I really, and it has two really neat twists that just come out. And I really owe that to Jennifer Lee and the director for it. Uh, for the writing of it. And uh, it, it's a great story and has a great twist. And it's one, it, I think it's going to be one of a, a masterpiece. And I'm not just saying that. It, 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 I was like blown away when I saw it. Wow. Very cool. Well, I mean, and that's the kind of thing too, where, you know, I, everyone's going to ask right away, ah, oh, he's just saying that because it's the new movie. He's just saying that because it's the newest thing. But, you know, I can tell that, that you're, you're saying it from the heart because, uh, you, you know, otherwise you'd probably play it down a lot more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it has a great twist. I mean, everybody knows the ending. I guarantee you this is going to be a different ending, but it's a, it, 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 it's a powerful and strong, Andy, and I'm glad that this 
me that they went with it. Producers and everybody went along with it. Very cool. I know that we'll be there with uh, with my children as well. So I guess uh, in keeping with uh, a little more Disney and something that I should have brought when we were talking about horror and all the things scary was um, Followed from the Mansion, which uh, we just recently talked with Jeremiah Dawes, who uh, created that short, and you voicing Phineas, um, you know, bringing uh, one of the hitchhiking ghosts to life. Now, that has been a huge internet sensation, uh, you know, all over, people watching it nonstop, and really just bringing the hitchhiking ghost to life. I can't say that enough because for once you're actually seeing them out of the element of a reflecting mirror, just, you know, hitching a ride with you. So I guess, uh, how did that project come about and, uh, how did you tackle bringing these ghosts to life that are true Disney icons? Well, I'm a big fan of Disney world and Disneyland and I, you know, I'm a, you know, I'm a season pass holder and all that stuff. So I love the Haunted Mansion. I always go there, and of course, I've always seen the, the three hitchhikers and Phineas being one of them. And so I met um, the director for that. I was at a, um, I was dire- I directed a play, and I was talking to his friend who was going to be in the play. So I was talking to him, and he was just sat, standing next to him. And I guess he got my phone number from him, and he, and he called me and said, I would like for you to be in this, to do this. And I guess he was surprised. I said, okay. <laughs> so <laughs> I told him, this is what I need. This is my, I, I, you know, this is my schedule. And we worked it out. And I was so happy to do it. And it was, it was very professional. And it was it was great. And, and um, we really felt careful when we were there. And it's a great little story. It's a great little story. And um, I wanted, he actually held me back because I wanted to be real scary. <laughs> and uh, we got to bring it back a little bit. So it, it, uh, it's a fun for, for kids and for everyone to see. Definitely, you know, and it is, you know, like you said, it's bringing that uh, that scariness, yet not too scary, uh, but bringing the hitchhiking ghost to life because, you know, those are icons in the park. I mean, everybody loves the Haunted Mansion. It's it's up there as one of the most popular attractions that anybody has to ride no matter what. No trip is complete without riding the mansion. Right, on all of Absolutely right, and and the and you see my face. They have they put on these dots and things, so it's motion capture kind of with with my face. It's my body and my hands, but you're going to see the real Phoebus, Phoebus, um, when you when you when, when, when you see the short. Very cool. Well, you know, we know you're a busy guy. We don't want to keep you too long, but I guess with all the different things, you know, great career, fantastic, you know, films and movies and television. Um, is there anything that you have uh, on the horizon that you're able to tell us about, or is it more of a we're just going to have to keep our eyes and ears open and uh, you know either listen or or look for you? Um, well, besides Frozen and besides the uh, Man of the Living Dead, um, also the new season of Rush Zone, there's some other stuff, there's some other animated features that I'm really not allowed to say anything, believe it or not. I mean, they, you sign a new audition and you read this and if they're negotiating something, you actually sign a thing, you cannot say anything about it. I can't even say the title or who's doing it. <laughs> so... I wish that I could, but I can't do that. <laughs> you, you're locked down. Yeah, but just keep, you know, just, just you know, just keep your ears open because things will be coming. <laughs> 
All right. Well, you know, with all of our fans out there and all of our listeners and fans of you, um, is there any final words that we can get from Jesse to uh, all your fans out there, uh, you know, as these lasting impressions, these lasting words from uh, the one and only Jesse Cordy? Well, um, the one thing I, I do want to say, and it's just for me, that uh, in my life, the most important thing in my life is my relationship with God. And my relationship with my wife and my kids. And when that is right in my life, everything else has fallen into place. And sometimes uh, I'm, I, I piss myself because I, I've been very blessed and I thank God for that. Couldn't be truer words, and uh, I live by them as well. So it's good to hear it from uh, another individual, especially here uh, on the show. Okay, well, amen. There you go. It was uh, our pleasure having you on, and uh, you know, anytime you have a new project or anything else, I'm sure uh, we're going to keep in touch. Jonathan, thank you so much, and you have a great day. Steamboat Billy made me laugh like silly, and Mickey Mouse was the star. When he swaggered in with his big wide grin, I knew that he'd go far. Big feet flapping, got me clapping, I love that Mickey so. That long-tailed figured strutting showman really stole the show. Friendly Pluto barked away, and Mickey was his pal. Donald and Goofy drove him crazy, but Minnie was his gal. He rescued Minnie time after time, a hero through and through. Whatever the danger, he always came running when Minnie called you. Conductor or Hollywood star, he left his mark everywhere. Dancing and romping, running and stomping, I watched him when he played with Minnie and Donald, Goofy and Pluto, and Disney on parade. I grew up on Mickey Mouse, Mickey grew on me. Happy birthday, Mickey Mouse, happy anniversary.
ma chère mademoiselle, it is with deepest pride and greatest pleasure that we welcome you tonight. And now, we invite you to relax, let us pull up a chair, as the dining room proudly presents your dinner. Be our Hey there, D-Heads. Long time no chat. This is Paige here, back with a new magical music review. This week's guest star is Jesse Cordy. Jesse Cordy is the voice of LeFou, who happens to follow on Gaston, which makes him live up to his name, The Fool. So, I've been really excited for a guest like this to come along. I have some really interesting music to look at this week for Beating the Beast. For anybody who's an Alan Menken or an Howard Ashman or just plain old Disney music nut like myself, this might really interest you. I have a CD that came in a box set that was released in 1994, and it is a bunch of demo tapes, unreleased masters, and final cuts that belong to Beating the Beast. This box set also included music for Aladdin and the Little Mermaid, which I'm hoping I can explore with you some other time. Let's get started. We tell jokes, I do tricks with my fellow candlesticks. Put it all in perfect taste that you can bear. Come on and lift your glass, you want your own free pass to be our guest. If you're stressed, it's fine dining we suggest. Be our guest, be our guest, be our guest. One of the cool things I mentioned about these CDs are the demo tracks that are released on the CD. The demo tracks are recorded by Alan Menken and Howard Ashman, either individually or together, and they usually involve some kind of synthesized score. What's cool about the synthesized score is if you listen to it and you know the Broadway version, they're pretty much the same thing. My favorite demo that's released on these CDs is the demo for Bell, the opening number. What's really cool about it is it starts with Alan singing Belle's part, and then it seamlessly transitions into Paige O'Hara picking up with the rest of the cast. Little town full of little people waking up to say Bonjour! 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 There goes the baker with his tray like always The same old bread and rolls to sell Every morning just the same Since the morning that we came To this poor provincial town Good morning, Belle! Morning, monsieur Where are you off to? The bookshop I just finished the most wonderful story About a beanstalk and an ogre and That's a... nice Marie! The baguettes! Hurry up! What's also interesting when you listen to things like Gaston, the Gaston Reprise, is that there are some additional choruses, especially in Gaston's Reprise, which, again, these choruses end up in the Broadway version. So, while they may have been cut for the film, they still ended up getting used for the production. Crazy old Maurice, hmm? Crazy old Maurice, hmm? Oh, I'm afraid I've been thinking It's a dangerous pastime, I know But that wacky old coot is Belle's father And his sanity is only so-so Now the wheels in my head have been turning Since I looked at that loony old man See, I promised myself I'll be married to Belle And right now I'm evolving a plan If I... Yes, then we... No, what's she? Guess how I get it. Let's go. 
No one plots like Gaston, takes cheap shots like Gaston. Plans to persecute harmless crackpots like Gaston. Yes, I'm endlessly, wildly resourceful. As down to the depths you descend. I won't even be mildly remorseful, just as long as I get what I want in the end. Who has brains like Gaston, entertains like Gaston. Who can make up these endless refrains like Gaston. And his marriage who soon will be sad. Celebrating, say it again, who's a ten out of ten? Then let's say it once more like we did here before. He's a gem, he's an ace, it's all over his face. He's got brains and especially broad. It's Gaston! Thank you, boys! bit of information that some of you might not know is that Be Our Guest was originally sung for Maurice when he showed up to the castle. So the demo of Howard singing Be Our Guest, him of course doing the voice of Lumiere, as Howard was known for doing the voices of the characters he was singing, he is singing to Maurice, which is evident by the first line of Estime de Monsieur, instead of of course, Ma chère Mademoiselle. Estimed Monsieur. It is with deepest pride and greatest pleasure that we welcome you tonight. And now, we invite you to relax, pull up a chair, as the dining room proudly presents your dinner. Be our guest, be our guest, put our service to the test. Tie your napkin around your neck, monsieur, and we'll provide the rest. Soup du jour, hot order, sir, we only live to serve. Try the gray stuff, it's delicious, don't believe me, ask the dishes. They can sing, they can dance, after all, sir, this is France. And our dinner here is never second best. Go on, unfold your man, you take a glance and then you'll be our guest. We are guest, be our guest. The last demo track that is included on these CDs is Beauty and the Beast, which is sung by Howard. This track is what convinced Angela Lansbury that she could do the part. What was interesting, though, is they accidentally sent her the demo track for the pop version that ends up being sung by Celine Dion and Peebo Bryson, and she originally said no to singing the song. When they realized their mistake and sent her Howard's track, she agreed to do the song, and we ended up with the version that we all know and love. Tale as old as time True as it can be Barely even friends Then somebody bends Unexpectedly Just a little change Small to say the least Both a little scared Neither one prepared Beauty and the beast Something else I might have mentioned at the beginning of this segment is that the CD also includes unreleased masters meaning that there is a song that was completed and either wasn't used in the film or is not released on the original soundtrack the unreleased master that's included on the Beauty and the Beast CD for this box set is called Wolf Attack. Now, it's not a singing song, it is instrumental, but it is something that did show up in the movie. Anybody else remember Maurice's experience in the woods? 
the Wolf Attack Unreleased Master is the instrumental that goes along with Maurice's journey with Philippe into the woods and the wolves attacking him, leading to his entrance to the castle. That's all I've got for you this week. Short and sweet. Sorry I haven't been around very much lately, guys, but you know how it is. Sometimes you just get that busy. I'm going to try my best to be back next week. So, to send off, how about just listening to some of those classic final takes of the great CD, Beauty and the Beast. Enjoy the rest of your week, guys. You've got to pull yourself together. Gosh, it disturbs me to see you, Gaston. Looking so down in the dumps Every guy here'd love to be you, Gaston Even when taking your lumps There's no man in town as admired as you You're everyone's favorite guy Everyone's awed and inspired by you And it's not very hard to see why No Gaston, no one's quick as Gaston, no one's next as incredibly thick as Gaston, for there's no man in town half as manly, perfect of your paragon, you can ask any Tom, Dick, or Stanley, and they'll tell you whose team they prefer to be on. No like Gaston, a kingpin like Gaston. No one's got a swell cleft in his chin like Gaston. As a specimen, yes, I'm intimidating. I want a guy like Gaston. If I'm a rush, if well, if it's... Gaston is the best and the rest is all to rips. No one I 
wrestling match nobody fights like a stunt. For there's no one as burly and brawny. As you see, I've got biceps to spare. Not a bit of him scraggly or scrawny. That's right. And every last inch of me's covered with hair. No one hits like Gaston. Matches hits like Gaston. In a spitting match, nobody spits like Gaston. I'm especially good at expectorating. Tui! Ten points for Gaston! When I was a lad, I ate four dozen eggs every morning to help me get large. And now that I'm grown, I eat five dozen eggs, so I'm roughly the size of a barge. No one like Gaston, makes those boots like Gaston. Then goes tromping around wearing boots like Gaston. I use antlers in all of my decorating. Say it again. Who's a man among men? Taking you on those magical journeys from your lifetime of Disney. It's Disney on Demand. Here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. Well, that's going to do it this week for you being our guest for show number 55 for the week of November 21st, 2013. I truly thank all of you D-heads for tuning in every single week, and I want to extend a very special thank you to our special guest, Jesse Cordy. Thank you, Jesse, for stopping in and sharing all of that fun from your history, your voice work, and all the great things that you have done in your career. We know that your legacy is going to go down in Disney history, and we look forward to hearing more from you from the upcoming Frozen and many other projects that you weren't able to share with us. Thank you, Jesse, once again for stopping in. I'd also like to thank the D team for all of you stopping in. Aaron, Lexi, Ken, Paige, Jamie, everybody involved with the D team, thank you once again for stopping in here at the show. Without your signature segments, it would be me rambling every single week, so all of you D heads definitely stop by our official website and connect up with the D-Team. Drop them a line and connect up with all these great individuals who help bring this show to you. I would also like to thank you, the D-Heads. Yes, all of you Disney fans out there, you are the listeners that keep us coming back every single week. You are the reason that we keep bringing this show to you every single week to bring your lifetime of Disney back to you with all the magic, memories, and all those little moments that you remember growing up or making new ones with your family now. Thank you for tuning in every single week. Now before I let you know who's going to stop in for our very special Thanksgiving show, I do want to give you all the different ways that you can stay connected here at Disney On Demand. And first and foremost, you can always visit our official website at DizRadio.com, D-I-Z-Radio.com. There you can find our full list of past shows, archives, and more right there on our homepage. And you can also listen to all 55 past shows in our archives. And that's all at DizRadio.com, D-I-Z-Radio.com. 
You can also connect up with us all over the social media outlets on Facebook at facebook.com slash Disney On Demand. You can friend us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Disney Blue. You can also find us on AOL Instant Messenger, Twitter, Skype, Instagram, Pinterest, and more. Just search Disney Blue, and that's B-L-U. And remember, you can always sit down and enjoy all the classics, whether it's television specials, movies, serials, and more, in our Lifetime of Disney player with over 300 plus for you to enjoy while you're sitting in your cubicle at work or at home to just pass the day away. And that's all at DizRadio.com, D-I-Z Radio.com. So, all of you D-heads, with that said, I want to thank you once again for stopping in. Next week, we're going to bow our heads and give thanks as we have a special Thanksgiving show for you. And I was going to let you know who is going to be stopping in for Thanksgiving, but you know what? I'm not going to do that now because it is somebody who interacts with probably at least 80% of all of your daily life. So, I'll just say that. But we have somebody very special stopping in to celebrate Thanksgiving here at the show. So with that said, as I always say, as we get busy, as we get tied up at work, busy in this crazy life of technology, gadgets, and more, never neglect family for business. Until next week, all of you D-heads, I'll catch you online. Thank you for tuning in to Disney Blues, Disney On Demand. The content and thoughts expressed are those of the show and not the Disney company. Now go on and relive the magic, memories, and appreciation from your lifetime of Disney. See you real soon.